after seminary, I moved back to Los Angeles to work as an associate pastor at my home church, a place called Thad's in Santa Monica. Like St. Mike's, Thad's had a band full of talented folks who had a great time all playing together and hanging out and doing what it is musicians do when they're not playing music. Uh, One of the talented folks who was part of that group was a guy named Kenny. Back in the 80s, Kenny had played in an experimental improvisational band that made Devo sound and look run-of-the-mill. Since then, Kenny had worked as a bagger and a stock attendant at Ralph's grocery store. And he ran sound every Sunday at our church. A few months after my return to Thad's, Kenny was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. The doctors said Kenny had just months to live. Because Kenny had no family nearby and because his new girlfriend left him shortly after diagnosis, the church became Kenny's support network and patient advocate. We organized a driving pool to get Kenny to his infusions. We stood in line to get his meds and labs, drove him to tests, and as his illness progressed, I also had to occasionally dress him, bathe him, and carry him down the stairs of his two-story walk-up until the insurance company provided help in that regard. As anyone who has been through a situation like this knows, things are not simply handed to anyone who is dealing with a life-threatening illness. When his disability checks stopped coming, someone had to call. When he got the wrong meds or couldn't get a doctor's appointment that he needed, someone had to step in. Someone had to make sure Kenny's needs were met. It was around that time that my fellow pastor and mentor, Jimmy Bartz, reminded me of the following advice. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. That is the lesson Jesus is teaching us today. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. The friend who annoys his friend, who that friend eventually gets up and does what he asks. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. This squeaky wheel advice is nothing new. In today's reading from Genesis, we see Abraham putting it to practice, right? Traditionally, Abraham Abraham is considered the exemplar of faith, the father of the faith. We've talked about the relationship between faith and trust, right? That that Greek word, pisces, which which brings brings those two concepts together. Look how much trust how much trust Abraham has of God in this story. Abraham is talking to God, the ultimate power and authority, and he bargains. He 
bargains. He says, suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you still destroy it? No, I guess not. How about 45? No. How about 40? No. 30? No. 20? No. How about 10? Fine. No. If there are 10 decent folks in these two cities, I won't obliterate everyone else, says love eternal. (laughs) I've seen some good haggling in my days. I might have even participated in some good haggling here and there. I once talked the price of a watercolor painting down from $300 to $20 in Ubud in, in Bali, which only happened because I, I only had $20 left. I was 16 years old and I was, you know, bouncing around, surfing. Anyway, at that time, I was able to do that because there was no risk for me. That's all I had. There's no risk. For Abraham, people's lives are on the line. His nephew Lot and his family were about to be killed. People had complained to God about Sodom and Gomorrah, and God had heard that squeaky wheel and was responding. But Abraham decided to make his wheel squeak too. Because Abraham knows the character of of God. Abraham knows God's justice, God's compassion. Still, Abraham drives a hard bargain from 50 decent people to 10. The number here doesn't really matter in the end, right? The point is not the numbers. The point is that God listens God listens to what we have to say, to the work of our hearts. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Don't, don't, please don't hear what I am not saying. I am not saying that God only hears the loud. God loves justice and is a preferential option for the poor, as Gustavo Gutierrez and other liberation theologians describe it, as the body of Christ it falls upon us to embody that preference. We are the squeaky wheels. We are the squeaky wheels for the poor. We are the squeaky wheels for the silent. We are the squeaky wheels for the marginalized. We are the squeaky wheels for all whose voices are muted by violence and illness and oppression, hatred, xenophobia, empire, power, and indifference. Be the squeaky wheel, even when it conflicts with what people think is God's will. Thinking about Jerry Anderson, who was the AIDS chaplain, who I'm sure people said, do not go be with those people. Just like Abraham, we all experience times when compassion leads us in a direction that potentially conflicts with what people think is God's will, or at least is religious tradition. In recent years, that compassion has broadened the inclusion of the Episcopal Church to include formerly excluded practices like the ordination of women, the ordination of people of all genders, prioritizing anti-racism training, marriage equality, contraception, full inclusion of our LGBT community, even at the highest level of the church. There were plenty of people who thought these things were against God's will. But fortunately, there were other compassionate individuals who became the squeaky wheels. 
that does not mean that the work of building the kingdom and expanding God's love is complete. At times, both tradition and scripture can impede God's eternal love. How about this zinger from the passage today? If you then, who are evil, know how to give give gifts to your children, you who are evil. I have to admit, this is not my bag. It falls in line with what John Calvin described as total depravity, the notion that human nature is thoroughly corrupt. I don't buy that. It's what theologians call a low anthropology. I have a high anthropology. I believe in the goodness of humanity. I believe in our potential for goodness. Yes, that is related to the biblical statement that we were made in the image of God, but it is not contingent upon that statement. I believe the book of life, our experience, teaches us enough to know that human beings are valuable and good. The spirit is always pushing us in that direction. For me, personally, one confirmation of that, aside from the beautiful faces that are looking back at me in this room, I love you all, but one confirmation is my children. To me, my children are walking, breathing miracles. I thought that the moment they were born, and I affirm it every day, often when they're asleep and can't say anything. (laughs) Not everything they do is flawless. Not everything that I do as a parent is flawless. But our love bridges those tiny gaps in our infinite connection. I see their eternal goodness every day. And maybe that is why Jesus uses the analogy of a parent so often in this passage. Parents know what it is to love. They also know how hard it is. I love my kids so much, but I do not give them everything they ask for, everything they want. I do pay attention. I pay attention to what they want, and I try to give them what is good for them. I would do anything for my kids. Anything. That is the squeaky wheel. It is the will of love. The drive that will not stop until love conquers hate, precedent, tradition, and indifference. Love will transform. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Amen.